Welcome back to the Book Report Podcast with Allie and Rach. I'm Allie. And I'm Rach. And we are here for week three of Black History Month. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I've recorded post-tonsillectomy. It's been three weeks. Four Since we recorded, yeah. Uh-huh. And all of, no, again, I don't think anyone listens week to week. No. But if you did. Thank you. Thank you. And you hopefully noticed no difference in our, you know, calendar. Do you feel like your voice is different? No, I don't feel like my voice is different. It, my throat feels different. Delightfully so. Glad <sighs> I did it. Man, that surgery is a bitch, though. Like, mm-hmm. that is, that was rough. So glad it's over with. Glad we're back on our regular cadence. Uh, we can continue, you know, moving forward, onward and upward. We were so far ahead. I know. If we could weird. just like get our shit together normally. I know. Well, I also <laughs> thought that. during my tonsillectomy in my head, I was going to do so much reading. And instead mm-hmm. I did a lot of sitting on the couch crying and watching mm-hmm. Love Island, not reading. Mm-hmm. So I tried to If read. only we did a Love Island podcast. I would have nailed it because that's all I binged for weeks at a time i was thinking optimistically also on my i went on two separate trips one week each which mm-hmm. is one of the other reason why we were recording so many podcasts ahead of time was ali was having her tonsillectomy i was gonna be out of town a lot of february and i just thought i'm gonna read on the plane i'm mm-hmm. reading my hotel room at night i'm gonna read all the time mm-hmm. um no i finished <laughs> our book that we're podcasting today today so packed those books for no reason (laughs) but yeah so this week on the podcast we are doing uh americana by chimamanda ngosi adiche is that my cat opening the door she is opening the door oh my god betty you're so smart and i'm kind of proud but no ma'am her little eye and paws like (laughs) okay let me go get her All right, the cat has been secured. She is gone. Not gone, gone. She's in my children's room. (laughs) Um, Yes, I also, I've talked to my boys about this a lot that the, and we've talked about this on the podcast. When you try to pronounce something the way someone from that like country or who speaks that language pronounces it, it almost feels worse Mm -hmm. than if you just say it with your American accent. Mm -hmm. But then it also feels like you're mispronouncing it and not like trying to pronounce it correctly. And neither, just neither way feels right. Yeah. Like there's some middle ground you have to kind of find. There's also a wanting to sound. I feel like there's always this wanting to be belonging to or wanting yeah. to, to feel like you're a part of wherever you are yeah. or whatever community you're visiting. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it makes it look worse mm-hmm. when you keep talking with your american accent and mm-hmm. then just add in a rolled r oh my god like a fool that's exactly um, what we were talking to my son about mm-hmm. <laughs> and the difficulty it, it feels insulting yeah. like from the out when my parents do it i'm like oh god mom just just because you ordered chips and salsa doesn't mean you have to pronounce it that way just pronounce it like a human oh like uh, you're from it, Florida. Yeah. There's I, I don't know what the right answer is toward mm-hmm. any of it. But um yeah. Anyway, so this is the start of the software. We're probably gonna get a lot of stuff wrong. We let's go ahead and give our oh, little yeah. Black History Month um Spiel. I don't know, spiel, mm-hmm. spiel, spiel? I don't know how that's said either. <laughs> no. So we'll give their little our little thing. We are two white women talking about books and Every now and then, we are well, we are not going to ever shy away from talking about race or culture or any of those things, but we are not the authorities or the best people to be learning anti-racism from or any of that. So if you are looking to us for like to be good sources of learning on anti-racism, on things about race and culture, we're not it. There's lots of black women there are lots of people of color out there who are talking about a variety of issues on race who are doing great anti-racism work Mm -hmm. um find them pay them follow uh, them follow them do all of those things if you are a black person and you are listening to this podcast and you're like wow cringe please turn us off (laughs) i don't want to hear these two white women discuss race fair and we won't 
get our feelings hurt if you don't want to hear us dis- discussing this. So <laughs> that's our Black History Month spiel. But we are going to read, we're reading all books by black female authors this month. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're doing Americana, which is just going to be probably a, the, the cringiest if Cringe. uncomfortable was a book. If uncomfortable was a book for white for like white women especially, yeah. I think if you, yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. probably look back on this podcast and be like, wow, we said some cringy things. So just I, that's yeah. my trigger warning <laughs> for this book. There are some trigger warnings, legit in this book. Sexual assault, sexual assault, suicide. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the two off the top of my head. Yeah. So if I was to, I had my chance. Uh-huh. Ali always says I'm so good at like roping someone in mm. with a book. I'm not. As I'm drinking this cocktail, let's talk. Oh, let's yeah, do the cocktail yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So we are drinking a Nigerian Chapman's, Chapman's Punch. Typically, this is actually like a non-alcoholic Fanta Sprite bitters grenadine is there situation. fanta in this i did not put fanta in yours because oh. you had the whole discussion yeah because i just want my body sugar. in the temple <laughs> I so four glasses i of actually wine. found <laughs> i did find a alcoholic version that was that's made with like fresh juices so that's what this is it's like it is cucumber. so good, it's so good. The lime cucumber juice is... orange some grenadine a little gin i think i said cucumber mm. bitters it's it's delightful. Top it with some soda water. It feels very refreshing. Almost like a it tastes like a Pim's cup. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. Pim's Pim's cuppy. But I did make my husband a more a non alcoholic one with Fanta and Sprite, and he was like, "Ooh, this is good." Mm. <laughs> so you can have either version. And that's our cocktail for tonight. So cheers, cheers. All right, so good. It is delicious. Okay, so give us so, your little. Your well, little... I had the chance to sell my brother in law, so I was visiting family in Florida last week and I had this book on my passenger seat and he took my son to see we were in St. Augustine and they have a lighthouse like Mm -hmm. the lighthouse in St. Augustine is really close to their house and I'd taken my son there during the day and my brother-in-law was like oh I wanted to see it at night Mm -hmm. but the car seat's only in my car so we hopped in my car took my son to go see it with the light spinning and when he came back to the house where I was waiting with his wife He's like, so what are you reading? I saw that you had a book called Americana. I was like, oh, well, this is what it's about. Uh And I gave the most depressing summary. I'm like, oh, it's about these kids that grew up together. One really wants to go to America. He's kind of obsessed with America. His girlfriend is just kind of like, whatever. And then she gets to go to America. And then he stays home and he's trying to get back to America. But he gets deported and she gets assaulted and they never get get together yet and I just trail off I'm like this is the worst you're you're not going to want to read this book um uh, no one would I particularly if I had read that summary that I just gave him Mm -hmm. absolutely not want to read that book so how would you loop someone (laughs) okay it is everything you said it I mean at its core it's I think there's a you know it's a love story and it is also about these two, yeah these two people who grew up in Nigeria like soulmates and soulmates and she moves to America and so it is the story of her all the things you would learn moving to America from Nigeria and all of the things you would deal with and immigration and how shitty it is and Mm -hmm. race issues and how shitty they are and just all this stuff at the same time the unraveling of their relationship because of a lot of those issues Mm -hmm. and then their eventual to me there's like this element of trying to find your way home both physically speaking and with the person that you feel like is home yeah I feel like that's um, kind too of late, it. but it's. <laughs> but I wanted to scream multiple times during the book. Yeah, at the end, like yeah. towards the end, I was just. I felt like it was. It was a. It wasn't a long book. Like it's. I we it read much longer, long. but it felt like I was reading this. I mean, I was reading this for three weeks. It's a um, long. It's. This is not one that I'm like. Oh yeah, this would be like a light read or a beach read or. Uh, it's yeah it's not a thick book but it feels 
it takes you into long, like the like nitty gritty time. of I, I, one one of the things I wrote in my notes was I wish we had read this before Honey and Spice because I felt like it was a primer on Nigeria and immigration yeah. and like so many of the things that I didn't know about Lagos and mm-hmm. how the culture of Nigeria and England intersected and yeah I felt like I would have appreciated that more once I read this story about immigration and how yeah, hard it is to move from place to place god immigration stuff sucks i feel like that's what i should have told my brother-in-law it's like it's a story about two people that are in love and struggle through being in love in two different countries because one can't move yeah or get a visa just and immigration it's like how i don't know it's crazy to think how all of these rules that these dumb governments make and enforce and it's this just like made up shit really Mm -hmm. controls people's lives and detrimentally so you know and that always blows my mind yeah we just it a lot so much of it feels arbitrary you know Mm -hmm. when you hear them speaking and you think why wouldn't he be able to move here why shouldn't he be able to move freely about the world why shouldn't she be able to get this silly piece of paper easily like why why is this what we've set up it's so dumb it's hard to do a summary it's of this hard, book because it hard. goes back and forth so the two main characters are Ife Melu and Obinze and they okay we're gonna jump in we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll just we're going for it they grow up together in Nigeria well they don't grow up as children together they meet in college high school high school high school high school and are clearly just like made for each other kind of high school sweethearts everyone her best they're friend is who is set up with mm-hmm. obinze and he just is enamored mm-hmm. with her so and everyone assumes they're gonna get married he they go to college they go to college together right they um he does have this kind of obsession with america or interest in going to america one of the things about He's obsessed with Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry yeah. Finn. And he gives it to Ifemelu. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is rubbish. Yeah. This makes no sense. And he's like, no, it's really great writing. Yeah. And which is so funny because, it, I mean, I, I guess that's a well-written, like one of the great American novels, but I cannot imagine mm-hmm. reading something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have no context, yeah, yeah, it would seem like rubbish. Yeah, you're I would just, imagine like the, the language is not clear. It feels yeah. like it would be very like a southern, for sure. Yeah, he likes a lot of American literature and authors, movies, uh, movies. She gets a chance. I am breezing through this so fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, earlier in the book, um, she talks about feeling as though there's concrete in her soul. And when I when she said that, like her soul, it felt like there was concrete in her soul. And I can't actually remember even what the situation was. I think it was when her parents were, like when her father lost her job and things were like pretty rough. It might have been during that. I've talked in the past few podcasts about how much I hate January. That's what January feels like. Like concrete. there's concrete in my soul. That is what January feels like to me. Where I'm just like, oh, I hate this. Everything's dark and gray and mm-hmm. I want forever. So she in post-college right she gets a chance to go to america for grad school yes am i Mm -hmm. i think this is all correct well no so the they were still in nigeria going to college both of them together Mm -hmm. when the teachers were striking Mm -hmm. and she had a chance to finish school it was either finish school or go to grad school yeah in america in america but it was because of that yeah and she has an – her auntie is over there as well. And she – so she goes – she leaves. She goes to America. Ob- Obenze's mom keeps saying, you need to make a plan. You need to make a plan. And that is some foreshadowing. She's like, oh, my God. They're not making a plan. They're just kind mm-hmm. of like, it's all going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. She goes off to America. It's hard. It is hard. She can't work with her she student work, visa. Yeah. So – what she has to do is either someone has to let her use their social mm-hmm. security number or she has to find a job that pays cash. Yep. And 
I mean, that was heartbreaking. Uh-huh. And her not being able to pay her rent. She's running. Oh, I, I couldn't tell if her felt. roommates were white or black, but in my head they were white. And I don't know. That just made it worse. This is quickly, when she got to America, this is when every part of this book made me want to crawl out of my skin from mm-hmm. either just sheer anxiety over immigration laws and her not having money and her not being able to find a job or every interaction she had with a white person. I'm like, I've probably done that at some point in my life. I've probably said that at some point in my life. So she finally finds a job babysitting mm-hmm. with this family. It's Kimberly and Dawn. Yeah. And everything about this family, Kimberly and Dawn, Kimberly has a sister named Laura Uh who made me want to die. Right. I, I just wrote cringe. There were so many like interactions, like dinner party, cringe, Kimberly and Laura and Dawn, cringe. Everything. (laughs) Like the thing that got to me is when everyone who talks to her says when they say oh where are you from and she says and I because she kind of befriends this family that she's babysitting for mm-hmm. and they she likes them. she likes them at no point mm-hmm. is it that they're awful but just it's the interaction she's having and she's not even like holding it against them but it's mm-hmm. just microaggression after microaggression and you know, she'll go to a dinner party with them and all of the everyone around will say oh where are you from Nigeria oh I went on a safari once in Tanzania and she's like, cool. Or yeah. I support a charity. I support a charity. I support a charity. And but you know, she multiple times country. said, I wonder what it would be like to be from a country yes. that people don't feel sorry for. Yes. And I explained it to my husband as that feeling at like, you know, that feeling you get when you just remember something you did a long time ago that mm-hmm. you still cringe over. And it's probably mm-hmm. something no one noticed that you just like you wake every up and you're Facebook like, post. Oh, pre- and, or even you're like, oh, that one time in 10th grade, I accidentally said uh, you two to a waiter when they said, enjoy your dinner. Or so, you know, those like, yeah. silly things. It's that feeling that like ang- social anxiety that you can't, that it, that's this whole book to me. I felt that feeling this whole book where I'm like, oh my God, if I said that. Oh my God, have I done that? Mm-hmm. And the thing I kept thinking of, and we've talked to you and your husband about this. So my husband and I worked in refugee resettlement in Nashville for like 10 years. And we have also traveled to like Ethiopia and Burundi and Malawi and Tanzania and a bunch of places. And so if we get in the like an Uber with someone who we think <laughs> is from Ethiopia, and we know a lot of the Ethiopian community in, uh-huh. you know, Nashville. But, oh, where are you from? And I feel now so self-conscious about asking that question. And I'm asking it because I'm like, do we know the same people? Have I been to your town? Like, it's a trying small, to, like, yeah. Trying to make conversation about this, like, small community in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, like, I say it now. And I want, I'm like, God, please let me get to the point of me, you realizing mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not just being an asshole yeah. about it. But now I never want to ask that again. I don't know. <laughs> I just, this book made me want to crawl out of my skin. So that part in particular is the part mm-hmm. that made me want to crawl out of my skin. And I'm going to keep this summary like kind of short because sometimes I yeah. think your summaries can be long. But she does have like a white American boyfriend and that's the cousin of the family she babysits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, she earlier on actually she is sexually assaulted she's pressured into um, she doesn't she can't pay rent she can't pay rent she doesn't know what to do this kind of like skeezy old man Mm -hmm. pays her to help him relax and that's kind of where things fall apart with obenze because she's so ashamed and she doesn't know how to talk to him about it or really anyone about it yeah so she just stops talking to him and from then on they are not in contact with each other so she has this white American boyfriend, and there's so much about, like, race and immigration issues there. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a white, affluent guy. And it falls apart. That relationship falls apart. Ooh, because she cheats she, on him? He cheats, and then – well, he oh, – He kind of, like, has this online relationship. Like, an online yeah. relationship, and then she cheats on him, and it falls apart. And then she ends up getting her immigration stuff worked out. Mm-hmm. She then starts to date a black American guy. In so, the meantime, she also starts this blog. Yeah. That's about race. About race. That's She never – it's anonymous. Like, no mm-hmm. one knows who she is. 
or where she's from. I think that's important. Yeah. No one knows she's Nigerian. Mm -hmm. But she has these really – I feel like I could just read her essays. They're so well-written and hit it home. They just, like, hit at the core. Like, I'm going to move past the cringy stuff. Yeah. You should be uncomfortable for what I'm about to say, but whatever. This is what you meant and this is what you said. And the way she was able to craft those blogs within this book. Yeah. That was really interesting. really good. Mm -hmm. I – felt like her blog writing was so unique and fresh which Mm -hmm. it's hard to write something fresh or it's hard for not hard I have not read I just feel like I I read the same things over and over that nothing seems fresh Mm -hmm. and which is a me problem (laughs) not another problem but I feel like her essays or her blogs within this book were yeah refreshing they were really great Mm -hmm. so the the part where she has the white American boyfriend I wanted to crawl out of my skin all the time because I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, I've said that. Probably I've done that. Or like, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like so uncomfortable. Then you move to the part where she has the black American boyfriend and there's all this interesting stuff about like things that I don't even, I don't feel like I should even touch with a 20-foot pole, right? Mm-hmm. Like between about the Af- African diaspora, Pan-Africanism, like black Americans versus – Africans like things I didn't know existed until I read this book the way she talked about it was black non-Americans yeah and black Americans yeah and that that's different yeah duh like it why would I have ever thought it wasn't but and we are the kids we worked with when we did refugee resettlement programs that came up all the time and I would just be like man I am not qualified to talk about this you Mm -hmm. will have to go find someone else to help you with these issues so that's I mean even then that's what I, I was just like uh, this is not white Alabama Allison's uh role role in your life is to help you navigate role. this so that part was really interesting and it's going through the Obama presidency too yes which reliving all of that through the eyes of a Nigerian and a black American was fascinating and like emotional mm-hmm. I got really emotional there I don't know all it had to represent. And I was, it feels so long ago. It wasn't, but that feels so long ago. That was, if you could, I was probably politically agnostic mm-hmm. up until then. Mm-hmm. And I was teaching eighth grade civics that year. Oh, interesting. So it kind of brought me back to that yeah. age where I was like, oh, may the best man win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, really neat to like mm-hmm. bring it back to that era because that was just such a different part of my life when yeah. I just didn't care about yeah which way our world was going I just trusted other so people to make those decisions I looked up so much stuff for this book because I either just didn't know what they were talking about because it was the slang of mm-hmm. the English or anyway she's on the train and she meets this guy Blaine for the yeah. first time and he talks about a semen sandwich Oh my god, that was upsetting. I, so I, my first trip that I took, that pulled me away from Allie mm-hmm. and my family, was a work trip, and I'm on a plane, and a coworker, a coworker, and I had upgraded ourselves to first class. Mm, whoa! I know, right? I've never fancy. flown first class. She, she convinced me it was worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Um, but. All I did was read this because it was, it was also at like 7.30 in the mm-hmm. morning. So it's not like I could like drink champagne and right. feel mm-hmm. good about it. It was also a work trip too. <laughs> so I'm reading this book, Googling Semen no. Sandwich. He explains what it is. You could have read Oh, so no, no. I'm sorry. Ahead. Not Google. I didn't have to Google it. It was in my mind. Okay. I was typing it and in first class. And I thought the coworker of mine was behind me. No. And a different coworker. So I'm like, oh God, this will be the end of my career. If he sees me <laughs> typing semen sandwich into my phone. So there was that. And there was another thing that she had. It was in one of her blog posts that were inside the book that talked about a paper bag test. Paper bag test. I don't remember that. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Okay. So before, or I guess like during the civil rights, I think that's the era they were talking about is that restaurants, clubs, anywhere that was segregated um, would hold a paper bag up to people's skin as they walked oh, in. And no. if their skin tone was lighter, then they were allowed in. If it was darker than a paper bag, that's crazy. they weren't no, allowed in. No, I didn't in. know about that. So I I didn't know what that was. I think she in the book she had written paper bags 
in parentheses, look it up if you don't know what it is. Hmm. And you couldn't do that if you weren't reading it. And yeah. You listening to it at three wow. times speed. No, I didn't know about that at all. I, well, okay, so back to the summary, mm. and then I'll go through some of my notes. But I, so at as she's dealing with, like, moving through her time in America, which you know pretty early on she's planning to go back to Nigeria, and then it, like, goes back to how mm-hmm. she came to America and everything. Obinze is in, he has immigrated to the UK, he lives in Essex. It's not going great. It's like he can't find a job find because a job. the visa he has is with it was with his mom. Yeah. He had gotten a visa as her research assistant. So another similar visa where it's a work visa and he can't work. So he has to work under mm-hmm. someone else's security name or mm-hmm. some, oh, someone else's social security number or whatever that is in mm-hmm. England, whatever that's called. And for a while he goes by the name Vincent. Yeah. Which he worked in a warehouse. He worked at a as a custodian. Um Ugh. it just sucks. It sounds like this is a super smart kid. Like well educated. Uh-huh. And he's having because of immigration, having to get, take these awful jobs. Oh, just All he wants to do is get to America. So stressful. He's de- he ends up being deported. On his so he Yeah. succumbs to trying to marry, like get a green card marriage. Mm-hmm. To a woman that seems lovely. Lovely, yeah. Um, she seemed like she wanted to marry him. And on their wedding day, that was awful. It was awful. I don't know what it was like to listen to, but to read about it mm-hmm. was, that sucked. Yep. So he's deported. Goes back to Nigeria. He ends up being very successful in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. He ends up getting married, having a child. And then he finds out that, Obinze finds out that, Ifumelu is going to be coming back. She reaches out to him. And this is the part, this part was, it felt like this was the part of the book when she comes back to Nigeria and it's setting up her life there. And it felt like this is what everything was leading up to in the book. And I'll be honest, I wasn't into it. I kind of didn't want them to end up together at this point. I didn't either. No. Did you? Okay. Good. Same. I was like, no. I was sad. This it feels, wasn't supposed to be. It was too late. It's too late. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right. You have kids. You have a kid. Yeah. And then they start an affair. And mm-hmm. the whole time I was just like, I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. I loved learning about your story. I feel real sad it didn't work out for y'all. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even feel that once they finally got back together and were like, having this affair it didn't feel the same Mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't feel satisfying and the book ends with them being together like he Mm -hmm. decides he's gonna leave his wife that was a heartbreaking scene when he tells her he's getting it he wants a divorce and i loved so much about the book and then this where it all was supposed to kind of like make me happy like every everything about how it ended what if if you've been listening to these podcasts you know we love a nice tidy good ending this was not messy it was was messy messy it was not tidy not messy because it wasn't good writing this Uh book was full of such good writing especially Mm -hmm. when it came to like the blog post and yeah like teasing apart race issues and immigration and what it means what it what home means and Mm -hmm. what the unraveling of that can do to someone and it felt like i don't know i needed them to just not i needed them to have a moment where almost like my best friend's wedding isn't that the Mm -hmm. wrong comment they like don't end up they don't end up Mm -hmm. together and it seems fine i kind of wanted that ending to this because and yeah it just got real messy at the end i don't know I liked the book and I would recommend it to people, but I didn't like the ending. Mm-hmm. Is that how you feel yes. about it? Okay. Okay. I, there was also, right before she left, we, we didn't even talk about this in the summary, which is, because this was like the hardest book to summarize. Mm-hmm. Um, she, her aunt had had to mm-hmm. immigrate to the United States because she was having an affair with a general yeah she was in the nigerian army and she was his mistress and he was killed so she was forced out of the country she was a 
really smart. Was she a doctor or a nurse? She went to medical school in the States. But she had a hard time. I think she moved to Atlanta Mm -hmm. when she first moved here. And she had a little boy. So she was a single mom Mm -hmm. trying to pass United States medical exams. And I think she was working three jobs. She seemed like this really soft, fun woman Mm -hmm. in Nigeria. And then when she came to the United States, it hardened her. Mm -hmm. And you met her in both places in the book. And you just hated Mm -hmm. what America did to Mm -hmm. this woman. And I have said a bazillion times, if you're in my circle, when I was pregnant, I cannot imagine what a life would be like for a single mom like <laughs> yeah how you would put food on the table or, or just survive yeah how your mental health like I, if there was a you know how there's a hiring network for veterans mm-hmm. which there should be i i would want to hire a single mom mm-hmm. oh you went through like an absolute garbage can of mm-hmm. a few years yeah you should be on my team mm-hmm. i want you on my team yeah str- stronger than probably anyone else but you saw her living through that when Ifemelu comes to live with her mm-hmm. when she moves. And she's almost surprised yeah. when she gets to her house and sees, oh, America isn't this dreamland Mm-mm. that Obenze had maybe constructed in his head. It's yeah, it's a hard place for an immigrant to live. And, and it seems like her aunt is always like just constantly seeking what she yeah. had in Nigeria and with her men that she with the general mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's that part the I was leading towards the son the relationship she yeah. had with her nephew and at the very it just felt like the very end like the book felt you get into the nitty-gritty of so many of these instances mm-hmm. and so many seasons of life of the two characters you mean so many minor characters too there's so many mm-hmm. characters that at the very end the nephew DK DK tries to commit suicide and you find out about that. And then she's also moving back to Nigeria. It felt like the end felt rush. Yeah. Whereas the whole book felt like not like mm-hmm. it was too drawn out. I don't know. I There's been so many books that we've said that about. So maybe it's mm-hmm. just a popular yeah. way to write a book. It's like the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything took so long. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what, 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 what's happening? It's so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the, I have, I have two, notes that i wrote that only I two share. no i have a lot more notes but we've gone through a lot of them okay i have two more that i haven't shared yet the first one is they are discussing american schools and early on in the book and they talk about participation being a grade mm-hmm. Eva was like i don't understand why participation is a grade why do i have to speak up and how it makes americans feel like they have to speak up or mm-hmm. else you know you're screwed and so the, it's like Americans were taught to say something in elementary school no matter what. And I wrote, oh, my God, this is every work meeting I've ever been in. And I think especially for American men, that is real true. Where, like, you're told you have to contribute something to the group. Or, like, you have to say something out loud to be considered serious. To the And I'm not in a – to be a t- big-time talker – I, in a, like a work meeting situation, tend to just want to take everything in mm-hmm. and then go back and sit with it and think about it and then have an opinion. And I've been ridiculed. Like I was one time told, like I sat through this big meeting and I was on a working group and was kind of going through all the points and thinking through it and was on a call with someone else who was in the meeting and another coworker. And I was like, the person, the guy was saying, like recounting recounting the meeting as if I wasn't there. And I said, I I was in I'm in this working group with you. I was in the meeting. And mm-hmm. the guy goes, Yeah, but you're just a fly on the wall. And I was livid. Just the idea that you you don't have to speak up or be the loudest or like mm-hmm. have to say something just to say something. That was interesting. And I think a lot of what I did love about this book, especially the nitty-gritty details, was seeing my culture and like the place I am from through someone else's point of view in such detail and realizing things and being like yes that's why yeah we are the way they are like I would never connect those dots necessarily Mm -hmm. that was my favorite part of this book was seeing that through someone else's and that's why I felt like it wasn't as we've said that it's been so cringy 
because a lot of it does like, ugh, I've definitely yeah. done that before. That sucks. But a lot of it wasn't, it didn't make me feel shitty. It made me see this, see what I had experienced differently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, you're. that's totally right. That's one of the things that, especially that outlook on American education, mm-hmm. that one of the many pages I turned down, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's one of them. The other thing I want to talk about, and Allie and I did talk about this last night. So mm-hmm. this podcast is really just a book club. Yeah. For We do have a framework that we try to like adhere to, mm-hmm. but it's loose, n- not loose the, and fast. Like, the best part. Of it. The meat and potatoes of this podcast is me wanting to discuss all the things that I just need to digest mm-hmm. with Allie. And there was this scene where it's when Obenze is still in – London mm-hmm. or somewhere in England. I guess I think it's London. Mm-hmm. And he's with a friend of his or a cousin of his from home. Mm-hmm. I think it's his cousin. Who has married an English woman and they're having a dinner party oh, and he's been yeah. invited. And I like, I could not stop thinking about this mm-hmm. dinner party. There were so many takeaways and I just want to talk about it with our husbands and Allie. So we kind of talked about last night. But this was something I felt was really, really important. So the conversation starts out that a couple has been skiing Mm -hmm. in the West, out West, in the American West. Mm -hmm. And one of the women at dinner party says, oh, was there Mickey Mouse there? (laughs) Like, like, oh, America's a cartoon. Uh I get it. That everything is... God, when you're from Europe, there's got to be better skiing. (laughs) But like... I don't know. Like, I love skiing out West. It's all I know. Because it's closest. I don't know that skiing. I mean, the Alps. My first skiing closer. experience was in Gatlinburg. So I'm not the authority figure. That is on like skiing. the Mickey Mouse. Uh. It's worse. It's not even. No, I don't know that it's worse. Oh, Over it's worse. Gatlinburg for the win. But they talk about all of these things about how Americans do this or Americans do that, and one of the things yeah. I that really stuck with me was. The cousin, so Aminike or Aminike. I can't remember. That I can't pronounce it is just going to like hit this point home. The cousin. I was also thinking about the difference in approaching foreignness. Americans will smile at you and be extremely friendly. But if your name is not Corey or Chad, they make no effort at saying it properly. The Mm -hmm. Brits will be surly and will be suspicious if you're too friendly, but they will treat foreign names as though if, as though they are actually valid names. Mm Mm-hmm. And I that made me feel cringy because I yeah. feel like we do try to pronounce things correctly. Yeah. But at the same time, I just assume I'm pronouncing it wrong. There is a scene in this book about that, right? Where the girl's like, I know I'm butchering this. Yeah. And she's not. Right. And, and I'm she's like, saying it correctly. Ugh. I'm like, no. Is the heart of what I want to do pronounce something correctly? Or is the heart of what I want to do give you validity to your name right right and there's a huge difference there and i i feel like how he says it is how like most of this book Mm -hmm. is written like no this is how it is yeah and how we see it like Mm -hmm. shit yeah it is and they talk a lot about like nationalism Mm -hmm. like oh americans just like freaking love their country Mm -hmm. like little kids are singing god bless america everywhere and hearing them talk about going to a rodeo makes me Wish I had also been there. (laughs) Yeah. I've never been to a rodeo, but I'm sure it's exactly what I think it is. So that, and during the same dinner party, they talk about how doctors from Nigeria should stay in Nigeria. Like doctors from Africa should, they use Africa as a broad term. Yeah. In saying that they want to stop doctors from immigrating to other countries because they're great doctors. Yeah. I think the point wasn't that they're great doctors. The point is what they're leaving Africa yeah and what's the term brain brain drain when everyone like leaves a place like higher like people with higher education like leave a place i think that's a term i think that's the term of what it's called i've never brain drain interesting but they're talking about that which has got to be like thinking of these how i think there's like four white english people and two black nigerian men Having this conversation so out in the open as an yeah. American white person feels so uncomfortable. Yeah. And 
like I admire the thinking that they can they can talk like that, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part of it that's like, yeah, we should be able to talk about hard things mm-hmm. with people that actually have the uh, the experience to correct us. Yeah. But also it feels so uncomfortable to do that. Yeah. And I always feel like it puts someone in an uncomfortable position where they are the yeah. only person in the room that can't correct you. Right. You don't want that to be the scenario where yeah. everyone's like But this dinner this party, stuff. I wanted to die. Yeah. So much of this I wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, I think what the problem was with that dinner party <laughs> is, you know, maybe you should be able to have open conversations about it. But it's like they're all saying everything with such confidence that, mm-hmm. of course, everyone would – of course, we all think X, Y, Z. Let me – I don't know. Saying, I think there's a conversation is one thing. A one-sided, let me tell you how it is, is a different – it's not a conversation. Yeah. You're not giving – I think there is a tendency to feel like because you gave someone space at a table – and I know the metaphorical table is one thing. Mm-hmm. This was an actual dinner party table. Feeling like, oh, well, we gave, you know, we have two Nigerians represented at this table. They're here is one thing. But giving someone leadership mm-hmm. at the table, not just coming to the table, is very different. Like yeah. turning to that person, being, you're an expert. You tell us, like, what are your – I don't know. Those yeah. are two different – it's not a conversation where you're just – I think throwing things out. If Melu said something about that in the book, when everyone looks at me like I'm an expert on racism yeah. in America, the, yeah, that's true too. Which, like, no, that is, I have, I know nothing about yeah. racism in America. I can tell you about my experience. Learn, because doesn't she often refer to it as like I learned about race once I got yes. to America? Yeah, yeah. It's there's this is like I mean I think at another point in the book they talk about how race is complex. Like, of course mm-hmm. it's complex, and this book just brings that home you know like mm-hmm. racism and there's things that she doesn't know should be should be offended by, by. and then people are telling mm-hmm. her you need to be offended by xyz thing and she's yeah. just not. i think, I think she's the in college hair. The... someone touches her hair that's right someone asks if they can touch her hair mm-hmm. and she doesn't mind so she says yes and her black american boyfriend is like, like you no. need to be offended and she's like but i didn't mind mm-hmm. like, no you should mind again those are the kind of conversations like i ain't about to touch out with a yeah, the poll whether you should or should not feel or whatever, but it is. There's even discussion. One of the first discussions in grad school is about the N word. Yeah, and she's talking about. I feel like it's the person that's using it. Mm-hmm. Whatever she says has validity, but the other, the Black American in the room is like the Black American. Never- no, you. They they disagreed, mm-hmm. and I think that's when she had written the essay about black non-Americans and black Americans. Mm-hmm. She's like, I didn't know that I should be offended by that because mm-hmm. it's not something I'm familiar with. But yeah, this book was just full of, it was full of really good writing. Yeah. Writing that I hadn't read anything like it before. And I keep saying that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Diversify your bookshelves. Yeah. Yeah. You'll learn so much. Mm-hmm. The last small note that I had is not about race or anything even that deep and it was one of my favorite parts of the book when I think it's her what is her auntie's name this is gonna blow Uju me. auntie Uju mm. when auntie Uju I'm gonna say it multiple ways auntie when her auntie mm-hmm. is married to is his name Bartholomew yeah Bartholomew seems like such a loser <laughs> when she gets up and he there's like toothpaste in the sink Oh, and she can't man. deal with I it know. one more day. I know. I, I folded that page like, down. <laughs> get him. The 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 mental. She, when she's like, I clean it up all every day. I get up and I clean his toothpaste out of the sink, and I just she couldn't do it, and she loses her mind on him. I'm like, man, like, has we're getting divorced. <laughs> every woman, like the the mental labor, the mm-hmm. feminist, like the all of the shit tied up in that little mm-hmm. scene was probably one of my favorite parts of the whole book mm-hmm. i'm like man and i think we've all seen our moms be there you've seen yeah. your mom snap and be like i cannot i went so my two i have two sons they are you know younger preteen and the amount of times i go off about how i'm raising them to be feminists or they can't be sexist or this or that is endless to the point that they 
find it exhausting, which makes me feel like I've succeeded. <laughs> so the other day, we do end-of-day cleanup. So when mm. I get done with work, they're done with school and everything, we do end-of-day cleanup. Mm. And I tell them to clean a room, and I don't tell them exactly what to do. And then I come in the room, and I'm like, all right, well, there's still this and this, because I want them to learn how to clean, to, like, notice what needs to be done, not mm-hmm. just, like, do a set of chores. Or accept that because you're male, you right. can just not see it. Right. So they were like, Ugh, I don't want to do any cleaning up. And I was like, well, I don't want to do any day cleanup either. None of us do, but it's like life. And I just, I go, okay, boys, listen, I don't want y'all to grow up and not know how to clean a house because we're raised in a sexist society. And both of them go, <laughs> like we've heard it. And they both just try to stop me to go clean. I was like, no, we're doing this again. We're raised in a sexist society. And women are do all of the, you know, mental labor about how to clean a house. And one day you're going to have a partner. And, you know, no matter who that partner is, you're going to contribute. At, you're going to contribute at least half to everything in mm-hmm. your life. You're going to, you know, you know how to cook. You're going to know how to clean. You're going to be able to sit down on the toilet and say, this toilet needs cleaning and I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. No one's going to have to tell you. And they just were like They've heard this so many times. They were exhausted by it. And I thought, I'm glad. I'm glad you've heard that so many times at seven. (laughs) You've heard your mom say, we live in a sexist society. So many that you know what mental and emotional labor means to the point that you're exhausted. You're not going to leave that damn toothpaste in the sink, sir. The number of times I've been like, "Mm -mm, you are cleaning the pee off the toilet right now. Because we live in a sexist society and they're like, oh, fine, just let me clean up the pee. I can't deal with this. So. I took Allie's boys. I picked them up from the house they're renovating today. And I just had like a laundry list of errands to run. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, to be really candid, having her boys is absolutely no stress on me because they entertain my son <laughs> and it takes less effort on my part to watch your boys than to watch my son alone. So I picked up her boys. I was like, oh, my husband's had my car all week in the north where they're mm-hmm. like salting the roads like nonstop. So my car is disgusting. I'm like, we need to get my car washed. We go through the car wash. I didn't say a thing. This makes me so About proud. wanting them to help me. They hopped out. They each grab a like from opposite sides, which is kind of a faux pas. There was not that many people at the car wash. You're only supposed to use one vacuum. Right. Oh, no. They were so thorough. They pulled the carpets out. The sweetest. They're going to know how to do it, man. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> they, they, I like, I texted Allie and I was like, is this the best day of my life? Like, <laughs> is this not the greatest? I'm determined. But they're not going to be the yeah. toothpaste in the sink, Bartholomew. <laughs> Two home runs. Oh my God. Yeah. That was like my favorite. Yeah. That was my favorite. And I do think that is what I enjoyed most about this book is the ability to wrap all of these complex concepts up into this one scene mm-hmm. that is very humanized that she did that part. so well yes yeah so despite not really wanting them to end up together and the end not being my favorite i mm-hmm. still liked that aspect of this book a lot yeah so. yeah i mean there i probably have 20 pages bent down bent down that i could have just read yeah because it was just like shit yeah i'll she also tell me. you i did not cast this because it needs to all be Nollywood actor, actors mm-hmm. and actresses. I don't know enough Nollywood actors and actresses to feel like I would be the authority in casting yeah. for this. I did go to – we went to a Nollywood exhibit, art exhibit, uh, at the African Museum of Art in D.C. Mm-hmm. that was really great. Oh, cool. And made me want to watch more Nollywood mm-hmm. and get into that. So we should do – we should do like a Nollywood night. That'd be great. Watch a – I'll get a recommendation. I'll also give a shout out to my friend Jumaka who actually gave me this recommendation for this book. Oh, tell her we – I have so much to talk to her about on Monday. <laughs> oh, we are off on Monday. I have so much to talk to her about on Tuesday. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's and she gave us she's given us some like Nigerian recipe recommendations mm-hmm. in the past. So big shout out to her for her help with this. But yeah, um, maybe she has a Nollywood recommendation next week. Super exciting! I'm so excited about next week. We are reading The Conductors by Nicole Glover, and it is a buddy read. It is a buddy read with the buddy I miss so much. <laughs> so former cult the sack member. Yeah, of our little tiny neighborhood. Our former cult. neighbor. Oh, what's her a professional name? Doctor Abina Ansa Wright. Okay, Doctor Abina. I know is what friends call she's, her. 
So our our dear friend and former neighbor Abina, who is has her doctorate in history with a specialization in civil war and her focus and so her dissertation I learned so much about what it takes to get a doctorate through Abina I was a dumb dumb and was like this oh my is, god I know it's hard but then you hear I didn't know exactly what a dissertation was or what it took sounds sounds pretty hard <laughs> Sounds like you should get your doctorate after it. <laughs> so she, her dissertation was on like the female experience post-Civil War. I'm probably butchering this. I movie. actually sorry. think, I wish she would have read every book. Because the, I the know, first three books. every book this month she would have. Was set in like, was set in England at some point. Mm-hmm. So she's, do you say English or British? I don't know what an English person, we should ask her next week. We can ask her. I say English, but that sometimes just makes me think like American. But yeah. Yeah, her experience is not as an American. Getting her doctorate in the Civil War history. It's so wild. She, just a fun fact before we talk about this. Fun facts about Abina. (laughs) When her her now husband proposed to her, she loves the 4th of July. I know. Which is just another layer of how interesting this woman is. Her husband was going to propose to her, or he did propose to her on the 4th of July, but Allie's husband was making this huge... Fourth of July fireworks show. Firework show in Rachel's backyard. Yes, and Abina was gonna wear. She has this American flag onesie, like a unitard or a something. A unitard that she wanted to wear because she didn't know she's getting proposed to. Right. It was just the Fourth of July, and we were going to a fireworks show. Why wouldn't she wear it? And I thank God her friends like spoke some sense into her. They're like, like no, don't wear that. Oh, do not wear that. Oh my God, you cannot. Wear I this. told her to wear it because I thought it'd be funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Can a terrible friend. All, All of her, her engagement photos are in this like American oh blog onesie. I was tasked with serving champagne and I drank all the champagne. I have never felt more <laughs> shitty. I will never remember the day after they got engaged I as the day I wanted to die. Such a fun night. So yeah, Amina is going to be <laughs> our buddy read next week. We thought she would be such a fun and interesting person to walk us through. The, the book is like a fan fantasy kind of mm-hmm. book set post-civil war and the premise is this is my like you should read this moment the premise is that enslaved people and who were like particularly people who were conductors on the underground railroad used magic like they all had magic and it's really interesting and mm-hmm. so we were like oh abina would be a really fun person to walk us through what what was like fantastical about this and what was true and like mm-hmm. where would this have come from and yeah we're really excited to be reading like a fantasy historical fiction with someone who's an expert in mm-hmm. the era of history yeah that this is from and she has her own podcasts and is such an in- just Super delightful great follow person. she created her instagram account that was like her public one and within like an hour she had more followers than <laughs> i've had in my like 10 years on Will, instagram um, tell you which what it is. So if you want to follow Abina on Instagram, it is A B E N A B A N S A H W R I G H T. So make sure you follow her. Yeah, and get excited to read the conductors with us and a buddy. We're excited. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast of The Book Report with Allie and Rach. You can find us on Instagram at Book Report Podcast. You can find us on TikTok at at Book Report Podcast. And if you want to write us an email, you can write us an email at thebookreportpod at gmail.com.